good morning and it's almost afternoon it's 11:48, april 24th let me double check oh excuse me april 25th saturday 2020 i'm ruth whitstein and this is the displaced northerner okay so lots of things happened since yesterday Oh, my husband was having symptoms. Um, I think it's that I told you people yesterday that you know I'm a northerner in the south, dealing with this pandemic. I am a liberal, surrounded by conservative Republicans, extreme Trumpies, as I put them, Trump supporters, and. Um, I, so I'm trying to do this podcast and I've got my family walking around me. This is my private time. <laughs> okay, so um, I am, a, like I said, a liberal living in and amongst and around Republicans. It's really hard right now during this pandemic. And it's also hard as a northerner because we have different ways of looking at things. I definitely do. There's no question about that. Um, I view, uh, even just the stay at home order for me is not a big deal. Okay. I'm just going to say that right now. Staying at home is not a big deal as a northerner. Um, and I, and I'm not saying all of Northern culture because things have kind of like, how can I put this? Um, People have moved across the globe so much that they've across the country so much that they've you've got people now up in the up in the north that are from the south and you know see what I'm saying everything's moving around but <clears throat> a true northerner I'm just going to put it like this and I'm not trying to be stinky about it or being it's just cultural differences and ideas and what have you from what I've known as a child growing up northerners tend to keep to themselves more anyway so this whole idea of having to stay home and shelter in place is not a hard thing for me. It wouldn't have been a hard thing for my, my family, you know, my mom and dad and my brothers and sister. Not a hard thing for us because we always were kind of like that anyway. It's not like we're, you know, crazy. It's just we keep to ourselves pretty much. And Southerners have a hard time with that. They always have. They love to mingle. They love to get together. I guess I've just never really experienced that desire to be always around people. So, Buddy, that's enough of that. I think on my previous podcast, I told you I had this dog named Buddy who likes to chew. And every time I sit down, he thinks it's an invitation to come sit and chew his foot. And so when I sit in here to do my podcast, he wants to join in with his statements. Buddy's old. He is a rescue dog and he's 17 years of age, roughly. He's gray. Got some gray-headedness going on here. A little grayness around the whiskers. He's a sweet doggy, but he's got some issues because he's a rescue dog and we don't really know what happened to him before we ever got him. We've had him for about 10 years and we've been battling the... I like to chew my paw or my leg or my tail or whatever and so he takes nervous nervous medicines for that and he's got ointments and what have you and we have the cone of shame that we have sitting ready to use 
if we need to, and I've just tried very hard not to stick that on him because I feel like that's just a restriction. If we can, it only seems to happen when a person sits down, he starts the chewing thing, and I don't know what that's about. But anyways, um, the vet can't figure it out. We can't figure it out. It's, it's something locked away in his little brain because he doesn't, you know, with all the ointments and things that he's taking, we got the skin issues under control, but he, <clears throat> what's going on inside his little mind, we don't know. What happened to him before we got him? What PTSD is he dealing with? Bless his little sweetheart. He's a sweet dog. Anyways, um, so the pandemic thing. Shelter in place is not hard for me, not hard for my um, daughter, who's nine years old, and my eldest, who lives across this state. I'm not going to say where. <clears throat> she's okay with it. She does. She's an essential worker. But, you know, if they told her she had to stay home, she would. She has her own office, though. She works in a hospital, and she has takes care of the dietary situation there. She's... The, orders things and keeps the schedules going and I mean, she's really an important individual for the patients there in the hospital and they're keeping her safe because she's pregnant due in July <clears throat> so we, we have uh, I have two grandkids that are hers I mean I don't have them here I'm just saying she's got two grandkids two, two kids daughter and a son and she has another little son on the way and but the shelter-in-place thing for her would not be hard because she was raised in my house, right? And we've always been this kind of quiet, keep-to-yourself kind of people. Now, I am married to a man, although we're not really legally married. I've been over this, too. We're just partners, but he always calls me wife, and I call him husband, so we'll just say marriage. We're commonly married, common-law marriage. Um... Anyhow, he uh, he is from the South, and so, but he's not political. Okay, he doesn't does not like Donald Trump. I'm gonna tell you that much. He really liked Obama. He thought Obama was great. So you know, I mean, but he will not identify <clears throat> with a party. I don't really identify necessarily with a party. I just I'm a liberal. You know, I'm a liberal. I believe in. Um, and, I, you know, some people would say that my views are socialistic because I believe that we need to all look out for each other, you know. I don't believe that we should have this ginormous rich class. There shouldn't be a top 1% that has every bit of the wealth. I think that, that that shit needs to come to an end, that these people need to start paying their taxes and take care of, you know, do I think it's okay for you to succeed in life? You bet. Do I think it's okay for you to have a billion, a trillion dollars and you sit up on your tower while there's starving people down there at your feet? No, I don't. I'm sorry. See, once again, my views are controversial. I think that they should have to pay their taxes too. If I were a billionaire, I'd be paying my taxes. Okay? But I'm not a billionaire, and I don't ever intend to be one because I don't think I can handle that lifestyle. It's too much to protect there. So, and what's comical about this whole billionaire or liberal versus conservative or whatever, you know, socialism, 
I, I, I giggle at people thinking it's communism because it's not. It's not communism. Communism and socialism are two different things. And communism, to me, what you see, you know, you've got China and North Korea and um, you've got Russia, that kind of only the top 1% has all the money, and then you have a dictator, right? And then you have all these people commonly down below with zippity doo da day, and they're starving and they have to stand in line and wait for shit. That's my view of communism. Is it correct? I don't know. Socialism to me is more of a Jesus approach, a more of a Christ approach, which means, you know, he commanded, I think, the, the wealthy to split up their stuff and spread it amongst the people to help everybody out and just literally hang 10 with everybody. He didn't really, he didn't really, um, command or didn't really say that people had to be, um, bowing down to the rich. In fact, it was quite the opposite. Yeah. Jesus was in my view, just in listening, um, to the different things I've heard about him. And of course, reading about him, he was a democratic socialist yeah, homeless guy walking around preaching beautiful words to the masses. Not really falling in love with those rich folks. He would sit with them, but I think he got irritated by their ridiculous wealth when there'd be starving people over here. And what's so funny to me is the conservative Republican base using this beautiful historical figure to weave their hate or justify their hateful bigotry because I don't ever I never saw bigotry in Jesus's words I never saw him talk about gay people being gonna burn in hell I never never saw that as I read the Bible scriptures never saw that never got that from his own words okay maybe the people surrounding him misunderstood and wrote their own little passages but when it came to what Jesus actually said, I have yet to find anything in there talking about him saying that gay folks were doomed. I think that's a bunch of shit. I don't think any gay folk is doomed. I think gay folks are like the backup plan, God's special creation for a reason, because they are here to help us. And I will go over that later. It'll probably blow your mind that my theories on this, but I believe there's always a reason. And you watch science, you watch the animal kingdom, you discover that there is that tendency there too. And I, you can see that <clears throat> the animals that are kind of same-sex oriented tend to pick up the slack for the little orphans out there that don't have anybody. They, they, they become the mamas and the daddies. They, they switch their roles to, to even things out. And I feel like that could be it. I don't know. In the human world. Maybe it's crazy. I don't know. Yes, I smoke cigars. Yes, I have lupus. Yes, I'm all by myself over here on my porch. And the cigar calms me down and I don't do it all day long because I, I don't. And I don't even suck the smoke deep into my lungs like I used to. This is more of a puffer kind of thing. It's more of a calm me down kind of thing because I'm stressed. 
Okay, so enough about the Jesus guy. Um, I, my heart goes out to Jesus because I think he's used abominably by the conservative Republicans to do their dirty work. And he never signed up for that because he's not even here to defend it. And to think that Christ would think it's okay to be racist and terrible, I just don't, you know, don't see that. Don't. But you see that's what they do. They like to use him. Is to use his, I'm a Christian, that's why I can't take care of you. I'm a Christian, um, I can't let interracial marriage. I'm a Christian, I don't believe in, in um, you know, homosexuality is a sin. I'm a Christian. Okay, Christian. Okay, sorry, my husband just keeps coming over here. I think he's home, by the way. He normally would be working today, even on a Saturday, because of his work. But he had the symptoms of the coronavirus, folks. Yeah. He had the fever, he had the whole business, the cough, the whole nine yards. We had to call ahead and get him in for testing yesterday. He went to a, a hospital, ER, and got tested. They did a whole bunch of tests. And based on what they saw, they felt like they weren't really sure. But you know, you don't get your test back for seven to 10 days now. That's how long the wait time is here where I live. So he is on pro. He's on hospital mandated, it's hospital mandated, lockdown, <coughs> excuse me, meaning that the only things he can do, um, as long as he's fever free, the only thing he can do here where we live is he has to wear a mask. If you need to go somewhere and get something, it has to be curbside, he's not allowed to go in the stores, he has to stay outside the stores, um, he has to call ahead. You know, and that, that, those are people, see, that's another thing too. And I don't know where anyone else lives. If somebody lives alone and they have coronavirus, but they're able to get around if it's mild symptoms, as long as they wear their mask, they call ahead, they do their, you know, ordering all their groceries and whatever they need online. And then they go through drive throughs or whatever. And here they have the policy that you let the person know at the window that you were tested. That way they can take extra care to clean you know, your card, if you have to stick your, your card through the window, they work a lot, they're real careful. That's what he went through yesterday when he went to pick up his medications. <clears throat> I'm stuck at home because I have the lupus and the bad, um, bad immune system. Um, but weirdly enough, we discovered that the way we'd all been feeling at home, he might have had it for a bit. But given that he is such a persnickety person, because I made him so, he wears that mask when he goes out in public. He wears it on his way to work. He wears it when he gets near anybody at work. So he did his very best not to have any, you know, contact with anybody there in a way that might make them sick at his job. You know, and he had been <clears throat> under enormous amount of stress, placed on probation, what have you, because of some arguments. It's a long story. Political arguments at work. They brought politics into things they shouldn't have. And so, and he didn't do anything wrong. As long a story, he pointed out a truth that needed to be taken care of because of his scope of his job. And the way he, when he pointed out this, that they needed to do something to fix this little problem, they got pissed, they put him, they suspended him for seven days. They didn't like the way he said it, even though it's his job. Kind of like what happened to that <clears throat> captain that, you know, through the, 
asked for help because of the coronavirus on the ship, and then he gets removed from his, he gets fired. Okay. And that made no sense to me because, you know, he was just doing his job, right? And he gets fired for it. But, you know, the big thing about Trump, and it was Trump's decision, I understand. The big thing about Trump is that if you do your, the right thing, if it looks like it, like it could make you look bad, or that you point out a falsehood of his or whatever, he'll fire you. That's kind of the thing he, my sweetheart has to deal with. People at his job are pro-Trumpies. Big, big time pro-Trump support there. And so because of that, unfortunately, any kind of thing that they use his tactics, they use the Trump tactics as I call it, in their politics there. And so my husband's looking for a job, but he follows the guidelines. He follows the their place there. They have guidelines set in that if you feel like you're sick, you're running fever. And this was during, before the pandemic, right? It was, you know, if you had the flu or whatever, you could not come to work until you were fever free for 24 hours. Well, now you can't come to work, which is proper until they know you're negative for coronavirus. And that's pretty much every business across here has to adhere to that. It's kind of the law. Okay. So when he called yesterday to tell him that, well, he called him the night before he was when he was running fever and he had that cough and yes, he's a smoker way worse than me. He said that I have to go get checked. We've already been talking to the people at the emergency room and they've already made told me that I need to come. I should come at this time to get testing and what have you. And so he followed, followed suit with it. And, um, his work wasn't real happy, of course, because he, you know, called in sick. And it's funny because he had a job he had to go to, um, that day that he went to the emergency room. He had to go on an outing to do some measurements at this power plant. And, um, because they're a manufacturing place. They make things for power plants there where he works at, my husband works at. And so he had to go to do this and they sent him out there to do that, but they weren't going to give him a mask. And he needed a new one. And they said, no, you know, you can go in the office and pay $10 for one. They weren't going to provide him with the necessary stuff for him to go out. And he said, for crying out loud, well, then he finally did get a mask. And, um, well, then he comes home, and he's sitting there on the couch, and he's like, oh, I don't feel good all of a sudden. He said, I'm just really, I'm really tired and just, you know, I just don't feel well. And I felt his forehead, and he was hot. He was running fever. Now, in the first 10 years, we've been together for 10 years. This is the first time in our 10 years together that I've ever known this man to run a fever. And it took his temperature, and it was. It was, you know, over 100. And for him, that's huge. He normally runs 97. So that's, he felt, he was feeling rough, and it hit him hard. And um, I immediately got on the horn to the ER and told, uh, talked to them and asked them what we should do, given his age, 62 years old, he is a smoker, he always has a cough, you know, and now he's running fever and he's aching all over now. It's just coming on pretty quick, and um, but he's breathing okay right now, but what should we do? And they said, well, look, we're kind of slammed right now. Watch him closely. <clears throat> Best time is early in the morning, you know, just watch him. They recommended me not give him 
any anti-inflammatories at that point. They said as long as this fever doesn't go above 102 or 103 even, to let it do its thing, because that's the helpful thing. The fever can be actually a helpful thing. If you stop the very thing that helps your body fight, you know, you're, you're actually causing more damage. So, <clears throat> we did. We let it do its thing, but he got on the horn to his work and told him, because he was supposed to have to go the very next day, right? And he would not have been fever-free for 24 hours if he had gone the next day, right? So he told him what was up. They weren't real happy, but they said, okay, fine. You know, I think if I know the lady that said that she he couldn't have the mask at first, she was being grouchy. She was being grouchy toward him, you know, when he needed that particular thing to go do this job because it was a requirement to walk in that building to wear a mask. Yeah. But, and so... She was being a real turd about it. And which is, she was one of the, she was one of the um, ladies that was fighting with her sister over, this is what caused him to go have a suspension in the first place and it wasn't even a correct suspension. In other words, he, my husband didn't do anything wrong. It was the fact that there was arguments in the office about how to do something. And so instead of they coming to an agreement between themselves, they go punish the person who actually did the thing that was right. They go punish. Instead of admitting their own wrongs, they punish my husband. Trump tactics, okay? That's what I call it. Trump tactics. So anyhow, she's probably going to say, oh, you're just using this as an excuse to you know, get out of your job tomorrow because I wouldn't give you a mask and blah, blah, blah. But she never said that. I just am assuming in my mind that that's what's going on in her head because she Anyway, but no, he went the next day, got all that stuff done. It was a very good experience, believe it or not. They took care of him. Um, they had it very well set up where, where he was at. He drove in there. He, they did much of the things through the car window. They had him do all of the paperwork sitting in the car. And, you know, everybody was dressed, he said, literally from head to toe in PPE so they literally had on their hazmat which smart thinking folks and then they got him out and they did um, took him to a tent they did eight vials of blood which tested him for everything cardiac complete blood count blood cultures the whole nine years just to see what's going on there they sent all that off and then they did the coronavirus test they did the flu test they tested him for everything he had to go into a little place and pee in a cup they did urinalysis on him, and then they took him in a little tiny golf cart and shuttled him across the yard, or across the, the complex or whatever, to the back door of the CAT scan place. They did a CAT scan of his lungs, or his chest, or whatever. Actually, I don't know if they did a full body one. They probably just did from the neck down, but chances are it was a full body. They did, they did that to check for anything. They were looking for everything. They wanted to see what his heart looked like. They wanted to see what his lungs looked like. And so that kid, because they found out that there's so many underlying conditions that lead a person to have a harder time with coronavirus. They wanted to check it all out. I was impressed. And so um, they also did an EKG. And then they brought him back. And on the way back, they stopped by. They, they had a little cart, I guess, set up for the breakfast. And they gave him, you know, you know I'm a vegetarian. He's not. They gave him a a brisket egg burrito brisket this is the south folks 
brisket egg burrito with coffee and, and apple juice. And then they got him back to where he to his car, and they let him eat that. And they just said, you know, just wait, wait here, and we'll we'll cook it and tell you what's up. And believe it or not, everything looked good, except. He had on the cat skin one little ground glass looking appearance in his lungs. Just a very tiny little circular spot. Very little. And they said, we're going to pounce on this. We're not going to admit you, but we're going to have you start breathing treatments. We're going to give you a rescue inhaler. You're going to go on antibiotics just in case. Just the Z-Pack. And you're going to take Mucinex given the fact that you do smoke and get all this crap out of your lungs if there is any crap in there. But they said, really, basically, and I saw the blood work. I'm telling you, for a 62-year-old man, my hubby is healthy. He doesn't take routine medications at all. He's not on anything. And he, they said, you know, for a man at 62 to not have all the, you know, blood pressure and, you know, um, high cholesterol, he didn't have any of that. So he's not on any meds. He was never on any meds. Um... He, they found he had a tiny hiatal hernia, which would definitely explain his GERD symptoms he gets every once in a while. And so they taught him. They gave him a whole plan, treatment plan of how to deal with that. I mean, it was just so organized. And so he started his breathing treatments, and he's doing all this stuff. And he's out here right now, as I, as I'm speaking, working on our fence in the sunshine, because. They did say that, you know, fresh air and, and sun is, is helpful. Um, <laughs> kids waved at him as they were driving by on their motorcycle. Um, that, uh, that To get out and get fresh air. So that's what he's doing. He's taking care of himself. And, um, yeah. It's, he's, the fact that he got on it. Oh, and they also said, too, you know, that it looked like he's, He's going to beat it because if it is yet, that you won't know for seven to ten days. But that ground glass appearance in the upper lobe of his lung, the little tiny spot, they said that ground glass look is is consistent with the coronavirus in the lungs. And they said, but it's also can go along with other things too, just plain old pneumonia. And if you're a smoker and if you have COPD and all that kind of stuff. So there's there are all of these possibilities, you see. And so he's taking the treatments kind of in a grouchy way I don't, he don't like to take pills he has never liked to take pills and um, so he only has four days of antibiotics no big deal the breathing treatments he welcomes because it's really helping him breathe better he's <clears throat> you know even though he smokes you know a lot of your smokers they they'll smoke anyway whether they're, even though they're over there coughing and hacking and sucking and they just can't breathe real well they're just you know look at me I'm over here smoking my cigars too with with the lupus which I don't have lung involvement you see but I it it's wrong I shouldn't do it but it's easier said than done to just go cold turkey and that's another thing too the doctor said you need to quit smoking but please gradually do it and use these breathing treatments to help you get over the hump because when you quit smoking and if you as you quit smoking your lungs really wake up and so they start to work over time in clearing the pathways, right? Passageways and all that. Well, you know, nicotine will like paralyze the cilia in your lungs, which allow, which causes, you know, gunk buildup. 
in your lungs. That's why you have the smoker's cough. And, um, but as you quit, that cilia wakes up. Your lungs wake up. And so if you quit cold turkey, especially for the amount of years that someone like he has, it wakes up pretty rapidly and you are overwhelmed with your secretions and you can't handle it. And if you don't have backup breathing treatments and medications to help deal with that, you're going to have some problems. So they, they're helping him with that. They said, you know, it would be good for you to quit smoking, but we'll help you. we give you a rescue inhaler, give you these breathing treatments, nebulizers, and get you. And he said, just, you know, take one cigar away a day and see if that doesn't get you to where you need to be in about a month safely without it overwhelming your body. Because it's just like anything, you know, if you just go cold turkey, you go through withdrawals. You know, you do. Coffee. Shit. If you don't drink, if you're a coffee drinker like I am, and then all of a sudden you miss a day or two because of whatever, you wound up with this horrible headache and you can't figure out where it came from, it's called caffeine withdrawal. And it's a real thing. And I suffered from that yesterday because I was so overwhelmed. I purposely didn't drink coffee because I hadn't slept. And I didn't sleep the whole night. Basically was up and I, I yeah, and my heart was just 90 miles an hour. Um, just because of the lack of sleep and I already have a cardiac arrhythmia So that's another reason why I don't smoke like my husband does or drink tons of coffee. I have to be careful I love coffee, but Careful, you know, and then if you don't have sleep on board and you do all of those things You're you're gonna have problems, you know, so I yesterday was a rough day for me I didn't do a podcast yesterday. But yesterday was a rough day for me because I had um you know, dealt with no sleep, worried about my husband when he was over there to find out what was the result. I was trying so hard to lay down and take a nap, and I couldn't. couldn't take a nap. I was too wide awake worrying over him. I watched him breathe all night, you know. I was taking his temp and all the stuff the night before, and so my, the lack of sleep really, really got me. Now, yesterday, once I knew everything was good, yeah, that noise you hear, that comes to my washing machine. I had to get up and set it on a second rinse. I have an old-timey old washing machine. doesn't have two rinses on there. so <laughs> I'm into the recycle, reuse, fix broken stuff. Please don't, please don't, and, you know, overdo the environment with, with stuff, stuff, stuff. That's my, my thing. My husband's like that, too. So we tend to get a lot of stuff that's used and fix it up. And we just, we don't, we don't like, we don't like to junk up the environment so anyways um what was i saying oh yeah once i knew everything was okay and he came home and i got you know all my chores done and, and everything and taking care of the critters and did all that stuff and i tried to lie down for a short nap it was really hard but then i got back up again and did the dogs again the second time and and then you know fed them and everything we have quite a few rescue dogs out here he helped me he was feeling good he's out walking dogs and, um, you know, because we just didn't know what was going on with him. He, he even said this, he goes, you know, the way I feel right this minute, he said, I probably could be at work. He said, but, but the fact that I ran a fever and I had all those other symptoms last night, we can't, you know, it's against the rules. And not to mention, um, that's a smart thing for anyone to do right now. You feel like you're under the weather and you're running fever, you should not be going. I don't care if it gets better the next day. 
You need to make darn sure that it's not something else. And that's why I, I, I really disagree with Trump on this testing business. <clears throat> At first he said everyone could get a test, right? And then that changed. Um, and then it was all oh, the states have to take care of it. And then he wouldn't help anybody. That's where we're at right now. He's not into helping anybody. He's just a total loser. Total loser in the White House, in my opinion. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so um, no help from him. But I disagree with opening the country without ramped up testing. I believe everyone should have. And see, this is a lot of his supporters are saying, well, it's, it steps on our rights if you force us to get tested. No. It's called help, keeping the country safe and clear. And if you do test positive, then you stay home and, and the government should provide helps. Make sure you're fed. Make sure your utilities don't get cut off. Make sure your rent is paid. You know, but the government won't do that because it's run by a tyrant who doesn't want to help anybody but himself. So that's a problem. That's a problem right now. Um, I just wish, I just wish it was done done differently, you know, that everybody had stayed home for eight weeks, everybody, and then we would probably be in a much better situation, but everybody fought that because, oh no, you're stepping on my rights, we should get to go to church, we should get to, you know what, I say to that, you can do church in your house, come on, this is irresponsible, these Tele-evangel or these these big-time church um, pastors, like the the ones that you probably read in the news that defied orders. Those people ought to be arrested. I'm sorry, and it's not attack on your religiousness. It's attack on your blatant disregard for the laws of the land, because that's also in the Bible. You're supposed to follow the laws of the land, but blatant disregard for the people in general. You're trying to endanger folks so you can get everyone together so you can get them to <clears throat> pass around that collection plate and get your money. It's all about the money. I'm sorry. The, I, the, the churches that defied the order, they weren't interested in preaching the gospel as far as I'm concerned. They weren't interested in talking about what Jesus had to say. They were interested in getting their freaking donations from the people. And then this one pastor from one of the churches, okay, went on the television and said he wanted all the people who got their stimulus checks to sign them over to him. Yeah. Give me your $1,200. Give me your $1,700. I want your money. When he was questioned on it by my newscaster, he comes up with this stupid, I'm sorry, I just don't buy, I don't buy it. If, if it's true, great. But if it's not true, shame on you, mister. I'm thinking more of the lines is probably not true. Just his blatant disregard for care of people pretty much tells me he's a very one-gutted individual. And I don't know where he's doing with that money, but he swears up and down he's trying to help other people who didn't get a stimulus check. Okay. Doesn't make sense to me. You get everyone else's money, and then you give it to those that didn't have any. That's fine, but... Should you spread it out evenly so that nobody goes without, even the people who got it in the first place? That's just, I think it's a ploy to get the money. <clears throat> and that, oh God, what's her name? She's a White House spiritual advisor, scary lady. I call her the plastic face lady. She looks like plastic face. 
but she's Trump appointed her as his personal spiritual advisor, and she's a joke. She parades around, you know, and wherever I wherever I go, that land is sovereign or God is there, whatever, you know. And that's just she's really you have to watch her. I I just. But she also asked the same thing. She wanted everyone to send their money to her. Send me your money. Send me your stimulus check. Send. I mean, just. We need to do God's work. You need to send. You need to send me fifteen thousand dollars. God has spoken to you today. I watched some of her televangelist um, nonsense just to see what she was up to. And why did Trump ever appoint this person? Because her messages are just baloney. And um, I just. It's the money. The fact that she just asked for money and just, she looks like a plastic person. I can't explain it. You just need to see it. Just obnoxious. But anyways, <clears throat> these folks are the ones that are yelling and screaming about you're stamping on our religious rights to spread the gospel. Well, you know, do it in your house. Do FaceTime. Everybody's got a smartphone these days. You know, if you really want to help, um, don't grab everybody to congregate in one place, but put on your PPE, your masks and what have you, and go out and feed the homeless people under the bridge. How about do that instead of standing up there begging for money so that you can get more stuff for your big mansion? I just, these freaking evangelistic drive me crazy. But, you know, my religious nature is not of that. I'm more of a... I'm a spiritualist. A bit of a theosophist. I like theosophy, which is the science of religion. And um, I, I'm just more of a scholar-type person. I do believe in God, but I believe it's a little bit... It's a lot different for me than it is for the average Christian. Even my best friend in Minnesota, she's staunch Catholic. We're totally different in our belief systems. We get along fine, but she giggles at me. She says, you're more of a witch. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm more of a talk to the elements, talk directly to the wind if I need it, talk directly to the sun, talk directly to the earth, give the tree a hug. You know, I'm that kind of person um, asking the universe itself as a whole to please watch out for my husband, take good care of him when he's sick, you know, and I believe the energy is God. I don't, in my personal feelings. I don't believe God's this little white-haired old man sitting on a throne up there. I think he's way bigger than that. He, she. Probably probably not even probably not even a true you know, male or female. He's probably God is probably both. That's why you see male and female walking around the earth. Um, if that's truly in the image of God, you know. We have the both male and female spirit situation going on. And I don't know. I just, I, I think it's, it, it, God is science, you know. You, you, God is nature. God is, right, you know. I don't look at it the same way. Which makes me very unpopular where I live. Because you've got these people who are, if you don't accept this blood sacrifice of Christ, you're going to hell. I don't believe that. I, I, I don't. I, I think in reading of the historical nature of Christ, was he an amazing man? You betcha. Was he a spiritual man? Was he a supernatural man? Yes. Could he perform miracles? Probably so. How did he do those? 
who is in complete connection with Cosmos, in my opinion. Did he offer himself up to be a blood sacrifice so that everyone could get away with their shit? No, I don't think he did. That's me. I don't think he was willingly nailed to a cross. I think it was definitely not something he went, yeah, I'll go ahead and just lay it and stand up here and bleed for you all. I, I just... I just don't think so. I think based on the stories and when things were written, when the religion came into being, because, you know, the Christian religion didn't come into being until way after his death. I mean, it wasn't something that was just immediate. And the whole idea of using him as a sacrifice wasn't something that came along until later. It wasn't original right then and there, see. It was pondered about. You know, and in my imaginings, I'm sitting here thinking, what do they think? Were they sitting there thinking about how can we get away with all the things that we do? Oh, yeah, let's use that guy, Jesus. He bled on the cross. We'll just say that he died for all of our sins. How about we say that? And that way, you know, we can tell everybody, unless you accept him, you're going to burn in hell. And, you know, unless you give us all your money and devote all your life to, to the service of God. But, you know, we'll live here high and mighty with all your money. And you could be down there starving to death, but you're going to be not going to hell because you gave us all your money. You know, I mean, just use Jesus over and over again like that. You must accept his blood sacrifice. You're going to hell. It just sounds like something really creepy to me. Uh-uh. It's just not working for me, folks. And the whole idea of communion. Communion should be this, you know, we sit down together and eat Thanksgiving dinner, or we sit down together and any meal is communion. Any meal is communion that you share with each other and share the good times, okay? But they go and make it really weird. Even though I know in the Bible there's a statement where Christ says, eat this bread, it says my body, drink this wine, it is my blood. I'm going to look and really, really look into that to see if that's really what it says because I'm having a hard time with that one. It's almost like cannibalism. And maybe that's even out of turn to say that, but it just seems weird to me. It really does. So I want to check that out much deeper. I mean, I've been involved in many religions and, and was baptized four times. And the whole concept of communion and even the translation of that passage, was it really something Christ said or was it something that they put a spin on? And how, how was it written? And, you know, because... The original texts were written in an ancient language. Did they even know what it said? There's all kinds of controversy as to whether that Bible was really even translated properly. And of course, we all know that you should know the King James Version is not the version that you should trust because I promise you that was, you know, let's lock up all these people and uh, in the basement, you're going to get all this done, says King James, by this date or else, you know. And if you get a bunch of people to do a mad dash of a translation and a writing of the Bible so that everyone can have a copy, God knows what's in there. Really, when you're under duress, God knows. <laughs> and now that they found they've got bits and pieces of the original manuscripts, they're finding out that there's some very different things in there and things that maybe not have been said correctly in the Bible. So, you know... I have to go more on a feeling and what I see in front of me. Not that I totally discount the Bible, but there's a lot of contradictions in there. Um, what have you. And so anyway, I just, 
I don't know, I'm rambling. My original podcast was called Corona Ramblings, and I know I'm rambling right now, but I really feel like a lot of the misuse of the Jesus character is what's wrong with, with our world today. People misuse him, especially in our country, misuse this poor guy who just really had a message of love and comfort and did he do great things? I really believe he did. I believe he had a gift to handle the elements. Buddhist monks have shown to do it, been able to. Who's to say that Christ, and then they also say that um, there's there's a group of Buddhist monks that have um, old manuscripts apparently that have Christ visiting them, spending time with them, the Jesus. And basically, basically his teachings are very Buddhist in nature if you just go on his own teachings without all the extraneous made-up crap afterwards. If you just go on his words, they sound very Buddhist. And um, the Buddhist monks in today even have this amazing ability to manipulate sound and what have you in meditation and who's to say Christ wasn't able to do those things to heal people you know I mean I just feel like that I feel like there's more of the story I feel like that we don't really know but anyway I'm a northerner liberal here stuck in the south around people that those are my cats sorry about that <clears throat> I live in the country there's a cat or two out here getting into it. Have you heard that noise? Um, anyhow, well, I'm going to get off the subject of religion and rambling because it's a very touchy subject for many people. But, you know, am I a Christian? No. I am a spiritual being who tends to sway more towards just the earth, just the elements, just the understanding that God is way bigger. And... Uh, in, in those belief systems that I have, or the feeling that I have about God, I'm definitely not a popular person out here if they ask me questions about what I believe. And there are so many people out here that misinterpret. Like, I have Buddhist statues all over my yard, okay? Got them in my house. I really, really like the Buddha. I always have. And <clears throat> I have, I even have statues of Jesus, too, because I like him, too. But I, I have these Buddhist Buddhist statues out in my yard and people have misconstrued the Buddha out here in the south. Oh, she's a devil worshiper. Yeah. Yeah, she's got them statues of that there Buddha and he's, we know he's, that's the devil right there. Talk about ignorance. You see it rampant out here. They assume the most ridiculous things when you can't tell them. You try to talk to them about that's not true and they'll say well that's what the devil would say you're just being talked to by the devil I'm like oh my god you know see and in my view the devil isn't even a spiritual being it's the man-made BS personally I think it is I think it's I think it's the evil nature of man that came out that's the devil right there man has this evil nature sometimes you got your light and dark in your own person and how whichever you sway to be could be something you've done yourself. This is, you know, it's not some, I don't believe in the hell realm, okay? I don't, yeah, I mean, I just don't. 
I believe our hell that we experience could be here on earth at this moment in time. It's your karmic debt. I do believe in reincarnation. I believe that we come back over and over again. That would explain all the deja vu and the dreaming of things as a child that there's no way I would know. And my daughter had been done, done that too. Both my daughters have done that. It would explain a lot. But, um, yeah, I just some of the things people out here say, that's fine though if they want to believe that, but don't involve the freaking law. That's something that they do. Yeah. Got some phone calls from, from Child Protective Services over the Buddha statues in our yard because they felt like we were into devil worship. And bless those people at CPS. They were so embarrassed. They had to follow up because, you know, once you get a phone call, you got to follow up. Well, <laughs> They're like, we know that Buddha isn't the devil, <laughs> but we just have to make sure that you're not doing anything, you know. So they, we talked and they just, they, they were so apologetic and embarrassed. They said, you know, just because, so we know where you stay. I think you and my husband, you know, my husband's known. They, it's embarrassing. They just, you have to follow up. But this whole business, people get into people's businesses out here. That's the way it is in the South. And in small communities, specifically in tiny communities. And, you know, this is the oddball. I'm the oddball with the Buddha statues. And we have the solar panels. And we have, you know, we're into green living. And um, recycle, reuse. And, you know, do I dress like really, really... Um, I tend to wear my really relaxed yoga pants. Uh-oh, yoga pants. You probably heard about that. Anybody wears yoga pants is going to hell. Just... There's things that, you know, we're kind of hippies, I guess you could say, in that respect. And our kid is homeschooled and all that, yeah. And that was all brought up, you know. Do you even have electricity? They, they're wondering if you have it. They're just Because they see solar panels. I said, yes, we have it, but is are solar panels illegal? No, they're not illegal. This person was like, I'm so embarrassed I have to even ask you these questions. Because the basically it was a bunch of little old church ladies got together and tried to make a decision of what what we were because they didn't that buddha seen that before in the foreign countries we know the buddha you know does this not a jesus thing so obviously they're they're devil worshipers yeah so dear lord i, I feel for the people who are buddhist buddhist like you know that come from the countries and don't speak English that might be immigrants here. I feel for those people if they live out in this area because, I mean, I don't know anybody that does. Probably because of what I, maybe they did at one time in their life and went through what I went through. <laughs> Getting phone calls from agencies wanting to check up on you, what you up to. Uh, we understand you have a Buddhist statue. And then they just laugh. They're like, we know it's not a bad thing, but we just have to know. You know. It, it, it all ended up okay, but the thing is, it was needless waste of time for those poor people over something that is just stupid. And it's just ignorance, really. And you see that a lot in your rural areas in the south. And you see your ignorance in the rural areas in the north, too. Extreme ignorance. Not understanding of worldly things. And I'm saying worldly things because, you know, Buddha is not something from America. Definitely. Definitely not something from around here so it's a confusing thing I'm sure but goodness gracious to get together and just assume things that I'm going to call this happened 
early on when we were living out here and had to explain the whole homeschooling thing, which they were fine with, actually. In the end, they were like, well, you know, this particular state really recognizes homeschooling as a perfectly good thing. It's considered a private school, and we support that. No big deal. And, you know, your child is fine. And, you know, it's just, but the whole, I tell you, cliquish neighbors, um, and just misunderstandings. Yeah. But what's so comical since that happened, this has been about seven years ago, since that happened, we have a, well, about, no, excuse me, about six years ago. It was when we first came here that happened. The concern about the Buddha and our solar panels. Um, interestingly enough, since that happened, though, and since it's been okayed and we didn't stop our lifestyle, I noticed in a, a person's new yard out here, someone I haven't met yet, but we can't really meet them because, you know, we're in lockdown right now, but I noticed there was a Buddha statue, and I noticed they had a solar panel on their house. So see, maybe the word got out that it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that was all handled. I don't know if they got back with the people that complained about our Buddha statues or what. I don't know if they got back with them and said, hey, you know, this is something you need to realize is not bad, and it's religious freedom. See, that's another thing. It's comical how the religious freedom seems to only pertain to the Christians out here. Do you see what I mean? It's like if you're Christian, Bible-thumping Christian, you get the freedom. But if you are a Buddhist or a Hindu, or God forbid, you know, oh no, if you're a witch or, you know, like a pagan or whatever, that is no way because it's, you're hell-bound and so you, know, you don't get to have the freedom and you're going to get picked on. You know, you're... you're crazy, crazy folks come out of the woodwork and they involve the law and they make up stories and of course, if you when I say law, I'm talking about, you know, like CPS and stuff like that. They even have the APS, which is Adult Protective Services. So basically, all those things get involved. It's just ignorant comments. And of course, you know they have cultural diversity training in all of these offices. So and that's exactly what I got told when I was speaking to this man on the phone. He's like, you know, we have cultural diversity. We don't, we totally understand Buddhists. He said, it's just they don't. And I just laugh. I said, it's okay. I mean, I just wish I could have like a Buddhist 101 class for people to understand has nothing to do with the devil. This is the conclusions that you live with. These are the things that you deal with when you come into a place that is so vastly different. And, um, yeah, I mean, we were fortunate that we kind of are, that was settled, pretty much left alone now. I mean, it was a one-time deal. I was like, yeah, okay. Unlike a lot of folks I know who get picked on, even after they've been, that family might have been deemed okay. Like, if you live in other areas that, you know, you wake up to a burning cross in your freaking yard. I mean, you know... That shit happens in the South. The KKK is still alive, folks. You know, the only difference is here I am obviously a Caucasian person. It's sad to say that that would be the one thing that got me to where the white privilege, okay? But, you know, what they don't know about me is I am a German Jew, Scandinavian as well. My mother was... My mother was a, a Viking Jew, and my daddy was a German Jew. That sounds kind of funny, but do you understand? We had the... So if they only knew that about me, the 
there's Jewish heritage in my family. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. We might find that burning cross in our yard. See. But I, I have a Buddha statue there. I, I believe in all that stuff. You know, I mean, I just, I accept my heritage. I accept all these things, but I don't um, shove it down anyone's throat. But I really just like the, I really like the, the Buddha. And I, I believe it's my right to have a statue inside my yard. If I want one, I should get to do that. It's not, it's not like I had, you know, the big horned god sitting there. But even that, you know, if I saw that, if I drove past someone's house and I saw obvious witchcraft, pagan type things, if it's inside their yard, I would recognize it as that they're religious right and I have no business. Unless I see, you know, or hear screaming and, and see abused children running around, okay, I, I'm going to stay the hell out of their business because it's their religious right. You, you can't just start pointing fingers at people because your religion's different. You know, and back to this whole pandemic lockdown business has nothing to do with stamping on a person's religious freedoms. It has to do with let's not spread the disease and let's make people safe. And if we do it right, just like Bill Gates had said, if we did it right the first time, we wouldn't have to do it again. Unfortunately, we didn't do it right the first time because we had all these people protesting and breaking quarantine. And so now I'm thinking, you know, just that second wave might come in November, just like they were talking about. And we're going to be back at this shit again. And unless we get Mr. Trumpster out of the White House, we may have four years of on and off BS because he is a terrible leader. He doesn't do a good job and he makes a mockery of the Constitution. He doesn't even take it seriously. On and on and I can go about this. I don't want to, but I'm just saying... You know, if we don't get some better leaders in that White House, we are going to be dealing with the inability to handle situations like this. So, well, listen, I am going to I'm coming up in the hour, and I have chores to do, and my laundry is just about finished here. So, I um, this is a displaced northerner. I am Ruth Wittstein, and I will speak at you all again. Peace out.